Hello, my name's Jeremy Whittle. This is a radio cycling special celebrating the life of Gino Madère. On June 16, 2023, the cycling world was plunged into immeasurable sadness by the death of Gino Madère, following a crash in his home race of the Tour de Suisse. Madère's tragic passing left the cycling world shocked and stunned. It was a deeply felt loss and one that promoted a genuine and profound sense of bereavement. Gino was a 26-year-old with his whole life and career ahead of him, a polite, courteous and educated young man, someone who had deep values and understood far more than just cycling. He possessed a genuine interest in the world beyond the bike racing bubble. Born in East Switzerland, Madère was the only boy among four children born to cycling-mad parents Heidi and Urs. He was named Gino in memory of the famous Italian cyclist Gino Bartali. An extremely intelligent student and a hugely gifted cyclist, Madère paused his further education in pursuit of his sporting endeavours. He first came to wider attention by winning two stages of the Tour de l'Avenir in 2018. From there, he turned pro with Team Dimension Data in 2019. Then, in 2021, he joined Bahrain Victorious and in his first season won a stage of the Giro d'Italia and also finished fifth at the Vuelta a España, winning the race's youth classification. Just a few months before his death, he finished fifth at Paris. But there was more to Gino Madère than cycling and his burgeoning Palmares. There was much more, in fact. Gino was a young man who realised that the climate crisis, inequality and injustice were far more important topics to engage in, substantially more significant than racing his bike for five hours a day. In this radio cycling special, we want to tell the story of Gino Madère the person, Gino Madère the human being. American journalist Kate Wagner spoke with Gino at length during the 2021 Vuelta a España for an article that was published in Pro Cycling magazine. Kate has given us permission to play clips from her chats with Gino for this special. We hope through Gino's voice you can better understand what a remarkable individual he was and why the cycling world is still grieving for a life taken far too soon. In this first clip, Gino tells us what motivates him outside of cycling. I have so many things I'm interested in and that I cannot pursue whilst being a cyclist so to re-enter or to step out of the cycling bubble is always like you have so many options so many possibilities and mostly like come out of this bubble you also have a lot of time because um it's in your recovery period so you've got all these options You've got all these interesting things to do, sometimes a bit overwhelming, like just too many things you could do and not not enough time. Um, for sure, for me, there's a, a lot of sports I like to do, like mountain biking, cross-country skiing, um, kind of like hiking as well. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I kind of like it as well. Just enjoy na- nature. That's uh, that's for me the real life when you can go out and 
and see beautiful places. And we've got a lot of beautiful places in Switzerland. So that's um, when you can just sit there and uh, yeah, enjoy the beauty of the countryside and uh, what what nature is giving you. And obviously, you have you have politics. You have like these other things that are so much bigger than cycling um, that you then want to catch up and try to understand what what happened in the world um, whilst you've been out of it catch up with real life and uh, then it's mostly it's already time to go again and step back into into cycling already a worldly young man a student of life politics was a topic that was evidently close to gino's heart he wanted to make the world a fairer better place he told kate on several occasions that it was too big a topic to truly breach but that he was willing to share his hopes for a future after cycling a future he so tragically won't get to live he explained how he loved language, writing and engineering. Aviation was his great passion, but he was conflicted by its negative environmental impact. He was mostly inspired, however, by politics. Right now, sitting here in this hotel room, I think politics would be a really, really interesting thing to pursue and uh, where you can do a lot of good. And where you also have the time, you know, for to have different... Uh, interests and uh, where you can really inform yourself about some topics and be you don't have to be an expert but at least well informed to have a known opinion and not not having to rely on what you heard from a friend who's just a friend because he used to go to the same school as you when you have the time to research things and really yeah hear from experts and hear and read from experts. So politics right now, yeah, why not? But for now, I'm a cyclist and I love it. Gino really did love cycling and we're going to hear from him shortly on the joys of riding a bike. But before we do, he was often conflicted between the struggles of being a professional athlete and the problems of the real world. It was not lost on him that he was riding for a cycling team who have been accused of sports washing. A student of the world, an informed listener and inquisitive to the issues faced by millions, he cited war, famine and natural disasters as problems that deeply concerned him. He had a perceptiveness and insight that few in their early 20s have. To be a cyclist, you must be healthy. You know? So it already means you're healthy. You, your quality of life is already quite good to be a cyclist because... You can afford to spend thousands of kilojoules pushing pedals. You know, sometimes, sometimes being on the rollers and just wasting energy that people do not have um, in the rest of the world. You know, and you don't always have to compare it to the to the worst possible scenario, and mm-hmm. you don't always have to be like oh yeah, but poverty in Africa and what about these guys in living in uh, Afghanistan right now? But those are real life threatening problems and not by choice. I mean, real struggle is when you cannot choose how to spend your life when it's chosen for you and 
whether it's by illness, by like, by accident, losing a leg, whatsoever. That's um, cycling. On the other hand, you you can choose whether you want to do it or not. You can choose if you want to stop or not. But if tomorrow I wake up and I say, ah, this is too much for me, I can just say goodbye. I stop and that's it. Nothing's going to happen. Like I won't, I won't lose any, well, I, I won't lose cycling, but I won't lose anything in my life. You know, like my quality of life will still be the same. Not everybody has this privilege. Not every, everybody can do whatever he wants to do. And, uh, I think in cycling, when you can can choose where you want to live, where it's best for you to live, you have pretty much all the freedom you want to have. So take a step back and appreciate how good you have it. Gino's view of the world was partly shaped by a trip to Africa in 2019 when he was riding for Dimension Data. The African team had deep ties to the Quebec charity, and during this time in South Africa, he was part of a bike handover to deprived and impoverished children. The experience stayed with him, and it altered his outlook. Fame, he came to realise, has its benefits, but it doesn't mean everything. Yeah, I know a lot of people, they just want to be good for the money. They just want to be good for, like, fame. But it was it was a really like learning experience for me when I when I was with Quebecca, mm-hmm. and when I saw that cycling can have a, a positive, like yeah, can be positive. Cycling can really do something good, and you know when you when you are there at the handover of the Quebecca bikes and you see see the joy in children's eye eyes when they when they receive a simple bike and you're like seven days ago you got your new race bikes for free with all the best material all the fancy carbon stuff and you were like it's a bit heavy isn't it and just like just to see in direct comparison the arrogance there's like you think it has to be that way and then you see the the joy of a kid to, who saves an hour every day to go to school and back home. And you're like, like that's real. That's, that's education. That's quality. That's life quality. They gain, they gain one hour to do something else. And then they tell you that, yeah, they only have Sunday free and they play with a plastic ball they made themselves out of trash. And you think back seven days ahead when you got your new carbon toy like for me cycling is a little bit of a of a game as well for me it's a pleasure to to be able to do this like beautiful sport but you get your new toy and you're like criticizing it and that was really an eye-opener and uh that was that was an unbelievable experience um we were able to make thanks to to Quebec and uh, dimension data back then and yeah that that actually really changed something in myself as well and uh, gave a purpose to that being famous and why why should you be famous you know just like there's 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 no reason to be famous there's no there's no good coming with being famous a young man with ideals but also an immensely talented bike rider 
Cycling was Gino's passion and it brought him so much happiness. I have a lot of really good days. Uh, I, I, I might not sound like, but I have a lot of really good days. I've spent some, I've spent some great days like traveling through Switzerland on the bike where it's just six, seven hours, you, your bike, um, company of really close friends. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's so nice. Like that's just, it's unbelievable when you when you know you've got nothing else to do and it's just you can do whatever you want and what you want is to ride a 300k loop being busy all day coming back home being being tired but also being happy of what you did the the stories you shared that's that's uh yeah probably Ah, there's so many good days. There's so many good days. Gino was also brought great joy by his dog, Palo. Most listeners will know the story of how Gino came to adopt the mixed breed Spaniel and name him after his teammate, Palo Bilbao. They found him on the streets. And me and my girlfriend, we decided we want, we want to have a dog. Um, she was cyclist as well. And then she stopped and like she was studying beside her. She was cycling next to studying or studying next to cycling, however you put it. Um, health science and technology, and like, it, it just got too much. And then she stopped cycling and then she had time uh, for something else. And I grew up with dogs. I grew up with cats. I grew up with chicken. And I really missed to have a dog. Um, yeah, I had to, I really had to convince her because like her parents never allowed, allowed her to have a dog and it was kind of difficult and she had no idea what, what it means to have a dog and like also no idea how, of how much joy like such a create, like such a creator can bring and it's, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's a little dog and, uh, you just you just see him growing and like getting more and more used to the environment yeah kind of kind of growing up you know and uh being a well-behaved dog coming from the streets in bilbao uh to us and you kind of give him a safe place where he where he doesn't have to fear anything and he fears cows like he absolutely hates them um it's so sweet. It's so sweet how he, he kind of tries to like fight against this yeah, frightening uh whenever he sees a cow and like Swiss people know we just go to the cow and we pet the cow because that's that's what the, what you do with an animal, no? You you kind of pet it and it, it just stands there frozen, panicking, and he's like that animal is too big, that will not exist. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see how he how he's fighting because now we have him for a bit less than a year and uh he starts to trust us you know he, he starts to understand that we're a good human yeah. and uh, we are actually a safe place for him uh, and he's really like fighting with himself to 
make an approach, you know, get closer to that terrifying cow. And uh, it's it's just so cute. It, it really lights, yeah, light, lights your, your mood up and you're like, ah, there's some, somebody to care for. And there's, um, it's, it's just really, really nice to have a dog. And uh, gives yeah. you something to do next to cycling as well. We're joined now by Kate Wagner. Kate, you've known Gino since 2020. Can you give us a personal insight into how special a person he was? I think for me, um, you know, all journalists don't want to admit this, but we all have our favorites in cycling. And there is just, Gino was just my favorite, like full stop, because he was, first of all, he was really brilliant. Um, he thought about things that went so far outside of cycling. He thought about the environment, like quite famously. Uh, he thought, he really thought a lot about his place in the world. He, he read a lot of books. He was just like, just sharp as a tack. And he had just such a clear eyed sense of justice and such a clear eyed sense of, I don't know. He just had this humanity about him. Like I remember when I spoke to him at the Vuelta, he just, had this kind of confessional nature to him, like a real generosity. And just like everything about him was just deep feeling. I mean, he was just so alive. Like, it's rare to meet people like that in life, but it's even rarer to meet them in cycling, I think. Um, there's a stereotype of, you know, the cyclist is just kind of a hard man, like a stoic. But Gino is like a bleeding heart in comparison and he thought a lot about politics. Uh, he had a lot of anger towards injustice and inequality in this world. And I think above all, he wanted to use, you know, what fame he had in order to, to make the world a better place. And he was open about that. And he was open with his criticisms, which, you know, is really difficult to do in a sport like this, uh, which really disincentivizes being critical. Um, it was just, uh, one of the pleasures of my life to have worked so closely with him as a journalist and to have kept in touch with him, even when we weren't working together. Um, yeah, he, he gave me a hat once and I, uh, gave him a copy of Naomi Klein's This Changes Everything in German. I mean, he was just a great guy. That's all I can say. I miss him. Thank you, Kate. Finally. You may know that at the last two Vuelta a España, Gino raised money for the climate change charity Just Dig It, donating one euro for every rider who finished below him in each of the 21 stages. The money he donated has helped regreen desert areas of Africa, and since his death, thousands of euros more in donations have flooded in. Radio Cycling's Chris Marshall Bell is also with us, and Chris, you spoke with Gino at last year's Vuelta a España about the climate crisis. Yes, I did. Uh, I just written a piece on how to make cycle racing greener and more sustainable. And I wanted to speak with Gino about this because I knew that the climate crisis was an area that he was really passionate about. It was quite actually hard to speak to him and his press officer was saying that he, he didn't have time. But it was typical Gino. He said, no, I will make time for this. And this is what he said to me. Oh, 
we mean and the kind of effect that we can have in reducing carbon uh, CO2 is by bringing awareness, getting people to speak about, showing them easy, applicable solutions that don't cost the world, don't really have a massive impact in uh, like how comfortable you're traveling, stuff like this. We just have to show easy, applicable solutions. And as you say, I mean, solar. We are in Spain, one of the sun-richest countries in Europe. It's like, it's here, we just have to apply it. Um, the most we can do, in my opinion, bring awareness to the problem and uh, speak about it. Just, I mean, speak, speaking doesn't solve problems. But um, as soon as we show solutions, uh, as soon as we have like, oh, he's going vegan, he's going vegetarian, he tries to cut off meat, like small things just have a massive impact and we, we have to start there and use the platform we are given by this race to rise awareness. That was Gina Mada speaking to Chris Marshall Bell at the Vuelta um, last year. Peter Cossens is with us. Pete, um, you also spoke with Gino, didn't you? Who's always a rider. I mean, I guess listening to what Kate has said there, you kind of have your favourites. He was always a rider whose career I looked out for. It kind of a, felt like not really a personal, a special attachment, I guess, because uh, we talked about those two stages that were mentioned that he won in the in the Tour de l'Avenir in 2018. But actually, earlier earlier that year, he'd ridden the, the Ronde Lizard, which is the under-23 race, which is run through the, the Pyrenees in the Ariège region where, where I live. And... Uh, it was a race I remember really well because it was won by Stevie Williams, a Welsh guy. And uh, he was uh, on the final stage. They raced up the uh, the Mur de Paguerre, which people will probably remember from the Tour de France last year, where Hugo Ulu, who rides for Israel Premier Tech, kind of climbed up that climb and then raced down into Foire to win a, take a very emotional stage winning Foire. But that day when the Rondelizar came up, uh, they went actually went the other way. They didn't go towards far. They went to Saint-Girant. So they reached the top of the Mur de Paguerre and uh, raced to westwards. Um, we were all waiting for, for the GC battle with um, Stevie Williams was, was in the leader's jersey. But four minutes before anybody arrived, we, we saw this white jersey emerged up this incredibly steep gradient from the trees and it was Gino and just like cruised by us, glided by and went down into uh, Saint-Giron, took the stage win. And I kind of, I don't know, it's one of those moments, there aren't many people watching, you kind of think, oh, I'll watch out for this rider, just like I I watched for Stevie Williams and, and, and other riders that I saw on that race. And that really, that really stuck on my mind. And uh, I mean, I talked to Gino quite a few times at races at Paris-Nice, uh, where he famously in 2021 he was caught by Primus Roglic like 25 meters from the line after being in the breakaway and uh, I just after, after he died I felt like a lot of people I felt really touched by it and um, I, I wrote something for, for La Course on Tet and I think I mean I guess the one of the things that stands out about Gino is uh, a lot said about athletes being role models and a lot of it is is just baloney for want of a, a better word but I guess that Gino's welter initiative marks him out as a kind of role model we need. We we need to we need to tackle climate change. It's the most important issue facing humankind. And he used his position 
as a, a highly su- successful elite level racer to highlight that we needed to do this. And I'm sure he did it in a way that engaged new people and got new advocates for that cause. And I, I guess for me, I mean, I'm, I'm approaching 60 now, but I mean, I look at kind of younger members of my own family, my, my nieces and nephews, and how, how affected and how passionate they feel about this issue. And I just feel like his was one of the many young voices that gave me belief that, that change will come in the future and, and that my kids will hopefully benefit. We hope that in this Radio Cycling Special, we have celebrated the life, values and personality of the late Gino Madère. A cyclist who is destined to win more bike races, but more importantly, a human being who is leaving his indelible mark everywhere he went. Gino loved life, he loved fairness, he loved people and he loved equality. He wanted to make the world a better place, a safer place, a more just place. His loss is truly tragic, but the memory of Gino Marta will live on. This Radio Cycling Special was created by Chris Marshall Bell with the support of Kate Wagner. Many thanks to Kate for sharing these audio recordings of Gino Marta with us. Radio Cycling brought you this Gino Marta special in partnership with Saddle Skedaddle, the leader in global road cycling holidays. With nearly 30 years' experience under their belt, the team at Saddles Cadaddle use their local knowledge to craft routes that deliver some of the world's best road cycling experiences. Trust the experts and head to skedaddle.com to find your next road cycling adventure. Thank you for listening. <laughs>